Welcome to our Tignum Thoughtcast, where we get together with our clients and experts, and today, one of our top coaches, to dig a little deeper into one of our sustainable human performance topics. Today, I'm sitting here with Chris Mails. Chris is the Global Director of Performance Coaching here at Tignum. So he not only coaches many of our top clients, but he also recruits and trains all of our new performance coaches, which is a pretty big deal here at Tignum since this is kind of our standard of how we impact our clients. Originally from Australia, as you may pick up from his accent, Chris has a background in elite level cricket, both as a player and a performance coach. So we might get into a little cricket discussion here, Chris, as we dig deeper. Chris was inducted into the Marshall Goldsmith Top 100's coaches community in 2020. And he's currently digging deeper into researching the unique mindset skill of forgiveness, which we want to talk about today. So welcome, Chris, and thanks for joining me and our listeners. Thanks so much, Scott. Great to be here. And um, yeah, the cricket thing gets me no street cred here in the States, that's for sure. Yeah, no, we, we're still trying to figure out baseball, cricket, croquet, <sighs> like how it's all related. But I have a lot of respect for anyone who plays at a high level, any sport, and I can see that it's definitely a game of endurance and skill, which probably translates well to our executive population. Yeah, you know, it's funny you said playing at like an elite level. What was funny when I look back on my cricket career, there was this unique moment when I was invited along on the different tours that the team would go on, but no longer as a player, as a performance coach. And that's kind of like when I knew that like, oh man, my time as a player is actually done. Um, my time as a performance coach is probably now you know, the thing to step into and the thing to work on. So here we are. Yeah. So when you think of professional athlete or professional sports or any sport, I guess, at a high level, and you think about mindset, one skill that you wouldn't think of is forgiveness. So where did your passion for the mindset skill of forgiveness actually come from? Well, I think for me, I've always been interested and passionate about like reminding people of their best self. And I just see forgiveness as being one of those unique mindset skills that help you, I guess, come to peace with your past so that you can like look after your future a little bit better. For the sake of my own future, I'm going to let go of some things that are kind of holding me back. And for me, that was huge. You know, we always used to say at Tignum, you know, think different. And I think right now, thinking about forgiveness as something that I could maybe offer to colleagues as we have like these little tiny grievances, right? Like often people think about forgiveness on the big items, but I think so often now in the new way of working, there's just little things that might rub us the wrong way. We might have hurt feelings. So being able to like forgive each other there in those little moments is what I'm really interested in. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the word, you know, skill. And I know in the Tignum approach, we talk about the mindset being made up of lots of skills. But to, to us, you know, forgiveness is an interesting mindset skill because it feels like there's two sides to it, right? On one side is learning to forgive others, like you mentioned, for the pain that they may have caused you and unintentionally, or maybe even sometimes with a little bit of malice, but that's even forgivable. But on the other side, it sounded like you're also asking others to forgive you for something that you may have said or done. So why are both sides of these so important in your opinion? I just think times are so complex that we're going to have mistakes. We're going to, we're going to rub each other up the wrong way. We're going to say things the wrong way, especially if we're trying to create like a learning culture, a feedback culture, a culture where we speak up. So if we don't have this kind of more spirit or this space for forgiveness, um, this climate of forgiveness, if you will, I think it's just going to work against us. 
and you're right, there's, there's two sides to it. There's the intrapersonal side, which is how I reframe my own personal feelings and my own attitudes, my mindset. And then there's the interpersonal side where I try to reconcile relationships. And what's really interesting about forgiveness is that we can actually have one without necessarily the other, which is interesting. We can just do it for our own sake. It doesn't have to be for the other person. Obviously, that would be great, but it's just an interesting distinction. Yeah. And what would be some of the benefits of practicing forgiveness even for our own sake? Yeah. So I'm going to flip it around, Scott, and say like, if we look at unforgiveness, right? If we look at what the body goes into this kind of like hyper aroused state of our autonomic nervous system, where we get tight and angry, we might have resentment, it might lead to more worry and anxiety when we replay that past grievance. Um, it might lead to more distrust. Think about what that is doing to that autonomic nervous system. Like it's increasing, you know, what we call at Tignum, this total load, an allostatic load on the body. Now, I'm pretty sure that I've got enough stress right now in the present, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to have enough stress in the future that I don't really want to carry the burdens of the past, no, no matter how big or small. So me being able to forgive for my own sake in the future so that I can get to my own high-performance mindset, I think is a, a, the really critical thing. I remember us having Dr. Greg Perdome on, and he talked about perspective and how a person's perspective on competition even, competition is war versus competition is partnership. And when I think of competition as partnership, the concept of forgiveness becomes really important because I'm not really at battle with my competition. I need my competition to bring bring out the best. And it sounds like there's an element of that too, where you're talking about forgiveness and grace and how they help build a stronger and more high-performing team. Can you maybe go, go a little more around this team like, as I'm picturing a team where these things are really abundant? Yeah, sure. I, I think it's one of those unique virtues, which is energizing, right? It's energizing for each other. It's energizing for ourselves because we lose that emotional baggage that we've associated to whatever small hurt, big hurt, whatever wrongs, you know, what have you. So if I'm going to have a high performance mindset, which we often speak about, and I know that, you know, Thoughtcast with Greg, you spoke a lot about, you know, reframing, for example. If I'm reframing from survival mode, like I'm not going to do my best thinking when I'm in survival mode. I'm going to elicit that, dra that dramatic self-talk. I'm going to position myself as the victim, as you as the villain. What forgiveness does, it kind of disrupts that. It gives us this pause where we're able to kind of take back control of our own story going forward. So it's taking a lot more control over our future thinking, which I love. But what's always interesting is that it relies on us being able to have this high level of emotional control uh, and probably creating a space for that. Yeah, that's super, super important. Like you said, it, it unvictimizes me and it un you know, it takes you away from being the bad person, takes away you being the villain. And both of those block open communication. They block our ability to really connect and collaborate. So when we talk about mindset skills, I feel like that there's other mindset skills that also intersect or maybe support practicing forgiveness. What other mindset skills come into play here that may have an additive effect? It was so interesting, right? Because I think sometimes I'll use the word forgiveness where other people will say 
understanding or empathy or compassion. And, you know, they all probably go together under this kind of mindset of being able to reframe and being able to look at things differently. Take like leadership right now. We know that leaders, everyone has it tough right now, but we know leaders are trying their best to make decisions at fast speeds in a world of uncertainty. If I'm always looking to my leader and, and, and kind of holding them to account as to always having to get it right, rather than having this space for forgiveness, right, this space for grace, offering more grace, empathy upwards, right, if you will, like leader empathy. I think if I have that kind of a mindset, I'm not going to be always playing this kind of like incessant game of, of gotcha. And I don't know if this comes as a bit of a hangover effect from from the cancel culture that we see now, but if I'm looking for that data all the time to say like, oh, you know, you're so hypocritical or whatever it is, I can find it. But if I change my own meaning around giving grace and offering forgiveness to each other, having grace for myself, a little bit of self-compassion, like that changes the meaning and that's that's huge. Yeah, I, I tell my college baseball players a lot of times that one of the big times when we grow from being, you know, a teenager to being an adult is when we finally realize that our parents and our coaches and our leaders aren't perfect. And what you just shared is actually a good one. You know, I think as even I was growing up in the fire department, how often I probably could have been a little more forgiving and a little more vulnerable with my leaders to realize they're figuring stuff out too. Like there's no magic book to leadership that they have everything figured out. And this idea that empathy also has to go up. We all want empathetic leaders towards us. But what you're talking about is having empathy upwards. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. And in, in one way, I, I see it as like a cycle that can actually energize itself. And you know, if our leaders can provide psychological safety for us right, as the team, if they can maybe forgive some errors and some mistakes as we're on our own learning journey to like get it right, right? It would be a com- complete fluke if you came into a role and you and you immediately just got everything right. So we need to create great learning cultures. So if we can make that environment safe through being a little bit more accepting of errors and mistakes, being being able to create safety so that people can even speak up and share that they don't know the answers, can share that they've made a mistake without the fear of ridicule or rejection. That's one half of this energizing cycle. The other half is leadership upwards. I'm going to give back to you. We're going to create a climate of grace, a climate of forgiveness, where I actually give you um, permission to give me feedback and not always say it so well, right? Like I think so often we walk on eggshells that we might not give, we might not capture the learning moment in the moment because we're thinking, how can I say this without offending them or how can I do this without offending them or whatever? And I just think we can speed things up. We can speed up these learning moments a lot under this kind of spirit of, of, of more grace and more forgiveness. Yeah, so true. And so I get like this this empathetic culture and this psychologically safe culture within the team that you're talking about. But what may be some of the outward benefits that I might see from that team that come from creating and nurturing that kind of a culture? Well, one, I think you capturing the learning earlier, you know, the workplace or business is moving so fast right now that we can too often look over the need for learning 
And if we're going to be good as a company or as a small team moving forward, we're going to have to capture the learning moments. You know, we're going to have to create some structure around these learning moments. Um, the other thing that I love about, you know, the team dynamics is, I don't know if you've heard much about like the, the ladder of inference. And it's where it was originally designed by a, a guy called Chris Argerus back in like 1970. And he talks about this ladder of inference where we've got all this available data to us. Imagine that's in like the, the pool of data available to us. But then the first step is like, I select data from what I observe. You might be a totally empathetic, empathetic, um, great leader for 95% of the time. But that 5% when you weren't was the data that I selected because that's what I observed. And now I add meaning to that. And from that meaning, I base my assumptions and I create a belief. Now, what's really interesting about the ladder of in inference is we kind of have this reflexive loop now where I go back and I look for more data that supports my past beliefs. So when we talk about team dynamics, this is why I love forgiveness so much. I think it can disrupt this ladder of inference. If I can see, if I can give someone grace and if I can offer more forgiveness, it's going to help me look for data that supports maybe a new belief that they're trying to change. I'm going to look for like the ways that they're trying to take that information from maybe a 360 review, maybe that one of these quick feedback moments. And I'm going to like give them the grace that they're trying to change. And I'm going to look for that. And I think that's for me, one of the most interesting parts in the team dynamics aspect of, of forgiveness. Yeah, it's definitely a great way to really shake up our bias, which, you know, we know also, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we build these bias. You just talked about a little bit of one, but also the fact that it's just faster for our brain. And in a world where we're overwhelmed with so much to do or a world that's changing so much, and many times we use a bias as a shortcut, right? Which also makes me wonder how fatigue might impact this. So you could want to be as forgiving as possible, but have you noticed any relationship between fatigue and the mindset skill of forgiveness? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think they go hand in hand because if you think about forgiveness being one of these higher virtues, right, which which takes a little bit of thinking, our our very primitive brain, right, is is in survival mode and, and we know that we go into survival mode when the autonomic nervous system is fatigued, that allostatic load that I mentioned. So we know that forgiveness has a benefit, a physiological benefit. The literature will show that it will reduce blood pressure and tension and anxiety and these sorts of things. We know that when we're in survival mode, all we want is quick wins, right? We just want to get away from that danger, that fear. We want to you know, look after ourselves. So I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to show you grace. I'm not going to assume you have positive intent when I'm really suffering from a brain that's fatigued. So I think to your point's a great one. I think they go absolutely hand in hand. I know, you know, I've got a three-year-old at home when, when, when he was in those, you know, earlier years or, or early months of, of his life, you know, my wife and I weren't sleeping so well and everything just seemed so much more dramatic. It was really hard to have emotional control when our brain was sleep deprived. It's really hard to reframe drama to get out from under that kind of victim mindset when we're sleep deprived or when we're fatigued. So it's a great point. So a lot of these 
points, Chris, seem really, really powerful. And I can see the benefits that this would give to both the individuals as well as to the team. But for those of our listeners that want to build the mindset skill of forgiveness, how could you actually do that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a couple of ways. One, practice it in the small things. The small day-to-day things I think can help us build forgiveness. It's like any of our mindset skills. We need to we need to first of all have the intentions, set very clear intentions for our brain to show up this way. So find moments where you can offer grace, where you can forgive, you know, the small things. So practice that. I think also practicing the pause. I think when we spoke about the ability to reframe when the brain's in survival mode, what if I actually slowed down for a moment and rather than reacted, kind of took the more proactive approach and got back, got back in control of my emotions first. And then I'd be able to, through that pause, I'd be able to maybe think more about how I wanted to respond. So that would be critical. Start with the small things, practice pausing, and then also practicing gratitude. You know, a lot of the literature shows that the more grateful you are with your current life, your current circumstances, probably the more forgiving you'll be in the future. And it's obviously got something to do with how much of a victim you feel like, right? If I'm grateful for my life so far, I'm probably going to be more forgiving uh, in the future. So they're just three small things, I think, um, that we could use to really build the skill of forgiveness. Yeah. I, I mean, I can picture even being in meetings, even on our teams, right? And someone says something in a way that kind of gets to you a little bit and you could easily take it wrong. And you didn't say anything at the minute, but at the moment rather, but later you're reflecting. And when I'm reflecting, I'm like, how could I actually give that person a little forgiveness that they didn't say this right because they were tired or they didn't say this right because they felt they had to defend themselves and maybe they didn't have to. And then from there, I often can make the leap. So how could I approach this tomorrow differently to give that person that space and that opportunity to say it the way they meant it? And so I love this. And even when I do my reflection at the end of the day of, you know, three things I did well, two things that I wish I would have done better. And the one thing that I learned often finding those moments where I could have been more forgiving, or like you said, even forgave myself for maybe a a reaction or a little bit of sarcasm that I threw out there can be really, really, really helpful. So I really appreciate you, Chris, coming on and talking about this one skill, forgiveness, and tying it to so many other skills like vulnerability and compassion and listening and, and empathy. And I hope our listeners take something away here where they can see how it how it can help not only them and their own, like you said, their their own recovery, but even their team. So any final thoughts you would like to leave our listeners with around this skill? Well, I, I really like what you said about like reflecting, you know, on your day and, and thinking about you know, just the small things that you said that may have, again, you know, rubbed people up the wrong way. Because I think if we're working across different cultures, and I know at Tignum, you know, you might be able to tell me, I can't remember, but how many different languages or people from different countries do we have in a fairly small team? You know, it's it's huge. So the nuances of sarcasm or the nuances of, of saying something lighthearted in jest might get lost. So having this kind of, we're going to share positive intent, we're going to have grace for each other, I think just is critical. And then the final thing would be like, what it's not, you know, forgiveness is not 
being weak. It's not a sign of weakness. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to forget about the pain. Like, you know, forgive and forget. I actually don't think that that's super helpful. It might be more about forgiving and remembering and remembering actually how you changed the meaning of your story to help you in the future. I think that's very empowering. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't want justice. You can forgive but still want justice, like at a higher level here. Obviously, we're talking, you know, if, if someone's, you know, truly uh, wronged you. And it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily want a relationship with that person. You know, I spoke um, to Fred Luskin, who I consider, you know, really one of the key people in this field, in this industry. And I said, you know, can I have intrapersonal forgiveness, but not necessarily interpersonal forgiveness where I want to reconcile the relationship with that person? And he, he asked me a question. He said, do you think you can forgive someone that's died? And of course we can. So it just goes, goes to show that like I'm doing it for my sake, my own mindset. It doesn't necessarily have to be about reconciling the relationship. So I just thought that piece on why it's what it's not would be an important distinction to make. Yeah, it's so so funny you bring that up. I didn't expect that last part, you know, to <laughs> forgive someone that died. But I do remember when my dad passed away, I was 24. And, uh, you know, we had like most teenage men or boys that are trying to become men have a little bit of a tumultuous period with my dad. And I felt like there were so many things that he would have wanted to tell me had he lived long enough that we could have reconciled. And so in my grief process, and I don't know where I got this from, I wrote a letter to myself from my dad. And I literally just, when I put pen to paper, it just flowed. And every night I would read that letter and I read it for about a year, every single night. And at the end of that year, I, one night I just realized, you know, I'm, I'm healed. Like I, I've forgiven him and I've forgiven myself for the things that where I could have been a better son and could have communicated better. And I literally lit it on fire and said that as a representation that I've got it now and I'm good and I'm healed. Mm. And so that it was a great example of what you just said, that it's really, we have so much of that power, even within us to be able to do some of those things. And it doesn't just serve other people, it serves us also. And so, yeah, yeah I'm going to thank you for this moment of counseling at the end here that you've <laughs> shared with me. So thank you for coming on and, and, and having this conversation so our listeners could learn. Thanks for the example. That's, that's a great way to finish and, 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 you know, super powerful. So thanks for sharing that. So I hope you all took something away from this interview, maybe about how important all the mindset skills are, but in this case, how we can build even individual skills like forgiveness and how that skill may tie to other mindset skills like vulnerability, compassion, empathy, listening. And Chris shared with us a couple tips on how we can build forgiveness. So I'd love to challenge you as you maybe even prepare for tomorrow can you put forgiveness into your intentions for the day and look for opportunities where maybe you can give someone a little grace or maybe give them the space that they didn't say something perfect and ask some other questions and not double down on your biases that you may have of that person. And then the second thing that I might say is take away, and we kind of ended with this in our discussion is 
how you might build into your reflection at the end of the day or at the end of a meeting or the end of some critical moment or peak performance, was there an opportunity there for you to give forgiveness or even to give yourself forgiveness because maybe you didn't show up quite as you could have, or you didn't say something with all the compassion that you wish you would have shared. And as you start to practice the skills of forgiveness and bring them to your team, my last takeaway might be look at the benefits as they start to percolate around the team. Because Chris talked quite a bit about the environment, the culture, where forgiveness and grace and that kind of approach really flourishes. So I hope you found this useful. We'll continue down the journey of building sustainable human performance. And thank you for joining us today.